This is David Wheaton. The following is a TCW short take, a bite-sized highlight from the Christian Worldview radio program. You can hear the full program at thechristianworldview.org. Walk us through each of those three distinctions of, quote, gay Christianity, affirming theology, queer theology, and gay celibate theology. Yeah, I think most people, when they think about gay Christianity, they just think about affirming theology, right? Pride flags in front of the church, welcoming and affirming, that sort of thing. Uh, When I talk about gay Christianity as an overall category, I'm just talking about the attempt to reconcile the Christian faith with homosexuality. And then these three different categories are the different approaches that are taken and appealing to certain groups and are more popular within certain denominational contexts, but they're the ways in which this works itself out, theologically speaking. So affirming theology is kind of the mainstream one. It's just the idea that homosexuals are created that way by God, that uh, orientation is just the way that you're born. It's God's design and intention. He wants you to live out to that orientation to its fullest, and it's just a reflection of God's diverse creation. And so homosexual behavior is seen as normal, and it's blessed by God. There's nothing sinful about it. There's nothing to be ashamed of. And so Christians just must accept, affirm, celebrate LGBT as good and reject anything that's non-affirming or that's not fully on board with it as being wicked and bigoted and judgmental. And so these would be expressed through things like Matthew Vines, um, who is a very popular speaker and author. He wrote God and the Gay Christian, and his whole book is kind of about how you can affirm the, quote, total authority of Scripture while at the same time affirming, uh, you know, monogamous same-sex relationships. He does give that caveat of committed monogamous same-sex relationships, but at the same time, you know, he's still promoting the basic affirming movement, and there's lots of variations within that. So it's an assault on the authority of Scripture. It reframes the Bible, it reinterprets the Bible, it casts doubt on established meanings, and ultimately believes that the Bible is not authoritative, or that the Bible doesn't matter. And different theologians have taken different tacks. Some have said that it's not authoritative, or some have just dismissed it as not really important to the conversation because science and experience gives us so much more information. So then the queer theology question is is something that's a lot more assaultive. You know, it it seeks to dismantle Christian thinking through radical readings and shocking displays. So it's not fully mainstream, although it's becoming more mainstream with like drag queens appearing in churches. That's a queering of the church. It's the idea of trying to disrupt and resist and transgress what's called heteronormativity, which is the view that uh, heterosexuality is normal and good. It's basically what people have thought forever. But that is seen as something that has to be assaulted, something that has to be dismantled. And the way that you do that is through these queer readings, kind of shocking displays. There's literary deconstruction is a major point of it. Uh, Standpoint theory is a lot behind it. It ties in with feminist theory and liberation theology. And a lot of different things are there in that mix. But basically, it's just a way to, to kind of shock Christians to not believe the things that they've heard it's really appealing on social media and kind of these pithy statements that you can make there. And then there's a more conservative form of gay Christianity, which is what I call the gay celibate theology or side B theology. It's epitomized by the revoice movement or the revoice conference. And basically this is something that's happening within more conservative churches. So people who would read the gospel coalition or would be part of the Southern Baptist convention, church of the Nazarene, 
or the Presbyterian Church in America, the PCA, as opposed to the PCUSA, the more liberal or mainline denomination of the Presbyterians, and then many others. But basically the idea is that orientation is innate and immutable, that you're born that way and you can't change, and that same-sex attraction is itself morally neutral, and that someone who sees that they're gay and a Christian they're basically coexisting identities. And so someone can call themselves a gay Christian because it's just recognizing two different identities within the same person. You're just trying to be honest about your pattern of attractions. And so taking on the language of sexual minorities and talking about how you've been victimized by the conservative Christian church or even the evangelical church. And so it's really a practical theology. Sometimes it emphasizes celibacy, but really oftentimes it more emphasizes friendship and kind of blurring the lines and how far can you go before it's really sin. And so they say that healing from your homosexuality isn't possible, so you just must steward your sexuality, you know which I don't know where in the Bible it talks about stewarding temptations towards sin. Uh, the Bible never speaks that way about temptations. It's always about putting sin to death, overcoming temptation, that kind of thing. But they put it in this category of stewardship. And so basically they're supposed to stand as witness to the Christian church's homophobia and bigotry. So it accommodates the secular views of gay identity and emphasizes personal experience of saying, well, I prayed and, and God never changed me. Therefore, God can't change anybody. Therefore, you have to to accept me as I am, even though I'm giving up a lot to follow Jesus because I'm not pursuing a gay relationship because I still believe that that's wrong, but I still can hold on to my identity as a homosexual or as a bisexual or as a transgender and say that that's fine. It's just going to be a harder path for me, and you just have to recognize that and not say anything against me. So that's where the gay celibate theology fits into this whole paradigm. But I would say that it's still part of this gay Christian movement, even though there's parts of it that sound orthodox, because it is still attempting to reconcile the Christian faith and homosexuality. It just kind of does it from a way that sounds like it's more biblically orthodox and sound. This has been a short take from the Christian Worldview radio program. To hear the full program and connect with this nonprofit radio ministry, go to thechristianworldview.org. I'm David Wheaton.